The Deer Chaser by Rachel Nussbaum As I pull up in front of the kids' school and hop out of the car, I can hear birds chirping. The crisp mountain air blows the scent of pine needles past me, and the sun is bright, flickering between the swaying branches of the trees. Just another day in the middle of BF nowhere. It's been three months, and I'm still not used to being back in my hometown. In a heartbeat, I would trade the twitter of birds for the roar of the train that used to speed past the apartment, and the common scent of trees and flowers has nothing on the smell of that amazing falafel stand at the end of my old block. And yes, it's massively ungrateful of me to yearn for Seattle, for city life over a beautiful little community right next to a state park. But honestly, I couldn't help it if I tried. Being here makes me feel trapped. It reminds me of everything I was afraid of when I was 18. I didn't want to get stuck here with no job, living at home for the rest of my life, knocked up and tied down with a bunch of kids by my 20s. Incidentally, this is exactly what has become of the rest of my graduating class. And then I remind myself that I'm seriously no better than any of them. That after graduating from college with a major in accounting and a minor in English, I couldn't get a single call back from any job interviews. I had to move back in with my mom, and I'm now, well, living at home and taking care of my younger brother and sister. Now, I'm just like every other hick who graduated from North Pines High, except I've got five digits worth of student loans to pay back. With a sigh and a glance at my watch, I cross the street and start to walk to the school, feeling even worse than I did when I parked. Good to know that even at my lowest point, I can find some way to take myself down a few extra pegs. At least helping my mom out with my siblings while she's working 60 hours a week as a lawyer keeps me from feeling completely useless, especially now that dad's gone. Still, it doesn't stop me from feeling like an asshole. The front steps of the school come into view, and my heart sinks as I see Madison plopped in the grass and sobbing her eyes out. Ugh, man, not this again. Maddie, what's wrong? I ask, putting on my best game face. She scoots away from me, crying louder. I sigh and put my head in my hands. Madison and I never had time to bond as sisters. She was born roughly around the same time I moved out, and now, at the age of six, she's suddenly got a full-time sister. I'm rarely able to comfort her when she throws these fits, and at least three times a week, I bring her home sobbing to mom. Well, I need to try at least. Madison, I can't fix it if I don't know what's wrong, I say. Another deer came into the play yard at lunch recess. She was drawing in the classroom and missed it, and she won't shut up about it. I glance up, trying to locate the source of the voice. I hear some snickering under the staircase, and I peer over to see Jasper sitting in the grass with his friends. Hey, Layla, he nods over at me, 
grinning and playing dumb. I narrow my eyes at him. And why aren't you out here trying to make your little sister feel better? I ask. Well, I was, he says. But then she pushed me and called me a poop face. His friends laugh harder, and Madison pauses between sobs to look back at them and snarl. I sigh. I'm not good at this at all, taking care of kids. Seriously, I have the maternal instincts of a pine cone. Pine cone? Damn, I've been in this stupid forest town too long. I look down at Madison, in time to see a chunk of snot drip down her face and Jasper and his friends yell in disgust. She sucks in more air and begins to cry louder. Shit, I mumble. I heard that, Jasper says. You're twelve, I say, rolling my eyes and sitting down next to Madison. Get over it, he shrugs. Whatever, I'm going home with Ian. Jasper sighs, climbing out from under the staircase with his friends. Well, one thing the kid's got going for him is that he's no martyr. Whenever Jasper gets into a fight or thinks he might get into one, he walks away, which works pretty well for me. It might also explain why he started walking to and from school with his friends to avoid being trapped in a car with Madison and me. As Jasper and his friends walk away, I sigh in relief. Maybe without them to egg her on, I can get Madison to stop crying. I reach my hand out and pat her back. Come on, honey, I say. There are plenty of deer coming down from the mountain these days. Way more than when I was a kid. You'll see one. No! <laughs> Madison whines, tears running down her chin. I never see them. Only Jasper does. She sucks in a deep breath in preparation for another raise of volume, and I try to think of something to fix this. Anything I can do to make her stop crying. Just one day, I want to bring her home and have her not be in tears when Mom pokes her head out of her home office. One day where I can do something right. I glance up the street as Jasper disappears around the corner, and as I do, my gaze lands on the mountain. What if I took you to the state park tonight to look for deer? I ask. Madison stops blubbering and glances up at me with a trembling chin. After dinner, we'll drive up to the mountain, just you and me. We'll bring flashlights and snacks and we won't go home until we see a deer. Sound like fun? I silently hold my breath, hoping this will be enough to pacify her. To my relief and surprise, she smiles. She wipes the snot off her face with her sleeve and nods. The hot coffee burns my tongue as the car winds up the rough road to the state park and I mumble a short string of select obscenities under my breath. Catching myself, I glance back nervously at Madison. Completely oblivious, she's staring out the window at the trees, kicking her legs and bouncing lightly in her seat. Smiling, I slow the car and pull to a stop. Hey, Maddie, 
I call back. You want to move up to the front? Her eyes go wide. Mommy doesn't let me sit in the front. She said I'm not old enough yet. I can keep a secret if you can, I shrug. Let me just clear some space. I sweep away the layer of junk from the front seat. Jasper's neglected toy robots with missing arms, crappy comic books, and his old metal baseball bat. Madison unbuckles her seatbelt and climbs up into the passenger seat, smiling up at me. I smile back and continue up the road. I guess her excitement is infectious. This is actually starting to feel a little fun. As we enter the park, I slow down a bit and lower the windows. Dad, Jasper, and me used to drive up here on the weekends late at night when I was younger, I tell her. We'd keep track of who saw the most deer, and whoever won got to decide where we'd get dessert. What about Mommy, Layla? Did Mommy go? Madison asks, not looking away from the window. Mom was always asleep by the time we... I saw something! I saw something! Madison points out the window. I throw the car into reverse, back up a few yards, and kill the engine in front of a small grass clearing with some dense foliage behind it. A limb snaps in the tree line, and I see the shape of an animal moving slowly between the branches. Madison sits up in her seat, straining her neck, her eyes bright and wide. Looks like it's going to come out, I whisper. Just try to be really quiet so we don't scare it. Madison bites her upper lip and stares with anticipation, her fingers pressed firmly against the car door. Honestly, I couldn't give a crap about a deer, but seeing Madison smile, seeing her happy for once because of something I did, it feels really good. Like, maybe I can do this big sister thing and not just be a waste of my mom's resources. Maybe I'm not so useless. As I watch Madison, her smile slowly begins to fade. Her face contorts with shock, and she draws back. I glance out the window. It's not a deer. It slinks out of the forest, the moonlight outlining its figure. I squint and lean over, trying to get a closer look at it. Its fur is too dark, and the proportions are all wrong for a deer. But what else could it be? A bobcat? A coyote? As it creeps closer, my jaw drops. Its shape looks almost like a person, hunched over and crawling on all fours. I can now see it doesn't have fur. It's covered in dark gray skin, cracked and flaking, sections of it speckled with green, moss-like patches. Its ribs and spine jut out unnaturally sharp, and its limbs are split off at the edges where there should be feet, like tree branches. It lifts them up slowly, and as it places them back down, I can make out the gleam of thick razor claws dotting the tips of each branch-like finger. When it crawls into the road, I feel paralyzed. 
with its head down, it doesn't seem to notice the car and begins to move past us, down the street. Madison suddenly grabs my hand, and I gasp. Layla? I, I want to go home, she whimpers. The creature snaps its head around, and Madison and I both jump. We're met with a vaguely human face, one with gaunt cheeks and slitted nostrils. It stares at me, and I can't move. I can't look away from its terrible, bloodshot eyes. I can only open my mouth to whimper, and as I do, the thing leans toward us and opens its mouth to hiss, revealing row upon row of pin-like teeth. Somehow, my instinct for survival chips me out of my frozen terror. I turn the key, slip out of park, and floor it. The car flies down the back road, bumping sharply over the dips. The second the next exit is in view, I turn so fast my coffee cup flies out of the holder. The still scalding contents splash onto my arm, but I can hardly feel it. What the fuck was that thing? I yell. From next to me, I hear a whimper. Oh, shoot. Madison. Maddie? I whisper. She glances up at me, her eyes wide and filled with tears. She doesn't say a word. I need to reassure her. I need to say something, anything. But Jesus Christ, what the hell is there to say? I can't even calm myself down. This can't be happening. This can't be real. The moment we get home, Madison runs into Mom's bedroom. I only wish I could be granted the same luxury. I step into my room and peer through my open window at the tree line bordering our dirt driveway, the swaying branches and twisting shadows. The same paralysis from back in the forest grips me. By the time I pull myself away, my legs are shaking. I practically run down the stairs. After drawing all the curtains in the living room, I grab the thickest, heaviest quilt I can from the hall closet and wrap myself in it like a cocoon on the sofa. Three hours and two blankets later, I still feel no better. I feel hot and stuffy, and I can't breathe, but there's no way I'm uncovering myself. I toss and turn for a bit longer before I finally sit up. With shaking hands, I pull my laptop off of the coffee table and boot up. I type in a search query for unusual sightings at North Pines State Park. My heart thumps in my chest as I hit enter. After an agonizing pause, the search results pop up, and there's nothing. No strange animal sightings, not even an animal out of season reported in the last ten years. I delete the name of the park. I broaden the search to unusual animal sightings in forests. I don't know what possesses me to click on images instead of search. A chill runs down my spine as the images load. I scroll through picture after picture 
of blurred, obscured, horrific creatures hiding between trees in the darkness. Knowing that they're probably all fake does nothing to console me, because what I saw wasn't. But if what I saw was real, who's to say these aren't? I exit the browser and slump back down in the sofa. As I do, a shadow in the hallway shifts in my peripheral vision, and I jump. Shoot! The hallway light goes on. Layla, Mom says. You scared me! As my heart settles back into my chest, I sigh in relief. She may have just given me a panic attack, but seeing her face puts me at ease. It's like that feeling you get when you're a little kid who just woke up from a bad dream and you realize everything's going to be okay. My smile fades after a moment, though, as I realize it's not going to be okay. I could tell her what I saw, and she could either believe me or not, but it wouldn't change a thing, because that, whatever it was, is still outside somewhere. It's still real, and there's nothing Mom can do to change that. Sorry, hon, Mom says, flicking on the stand-up lamp. Are you up late or up early? Um, early, I lie. I'd offer to make you a pot of coffee, but I'm running on a tight schedule. Find anything good? I stare at her for a moment before she gestures to the computer. Job hunting. Any positions available in the city? She asks, raising her eyebrows. Oh, I sigh, shaking my head and lowering my laptop screen. Um, might have a few leads. Nothing to get, get my hopes up over. I trail off as she walks out of the room. How was deer watching last night? She asks, re-emerging with a hairbrush and walking over to the mirror that hangs over the fireplace. Uh, it, it was... I think being out late in the dark got to Maddie. She crawled into bed with me last night. Sounded like she was having nightmares, Mom says, combing through her hair. It's then I realize she's wearing her suit. Mom, are you going somewhere? She stops brushing her hair and turns around, the light catching the silver buttons of her blazer. Don't you remember? My ride's going to be here soon. We've got a deposition in Boise this afternoon, and I can't afford to miss my flight. You know how long it can take to drive to the airport from here. You can still watch the kids for the weekend, right? Don't have an interview? I have to catch myself from gasping. No, no, you can't leave now. Not after what I saw, what Madison and I both saw. Oh, um, yeah. Mom begins rattling on about the food in the fridge and extra money on the table, and I let my head sink and my vision blur. Hey, Mom, I say. When we were in the park earlier, Maddie and I saw a weird animal. She stops talking and turns to look at me. It looked... well, it didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before. Well, that can't be good. You should try calling animal control in a few hours, she shrugs, before turning back to the mirror. 
To be honest, the park has always kind of given me the creeps at night. That's why I always used to go to bed early back when you kids and dad would go on your night drives. Something about it, it always felt like something was watching me. You know what I mean? I shudder as she leaves the room and lower my laptop. I pick up the remote for the TV and turn it to the brightest cartoon I can find. Jasper walked to school with his friends this morning, as usual, leaving Madison and me alone on the drive. What's scaring me is that she's not crying. She's not even talking. I clear my throat, trying to break the tension. I called animal control this morning, I say to her. Told them about what we saw. They said they were definitely going to look into it. Half true. I knew they would think I was crazy if I told them the truth, so I described a hairless, canine-like animal. Better than doing nothing. I glance back at Madison, who's staring at the back of the car seat. Maddie... I know what we saw last night was really strange, but there's got to be an explanation for... I had a scary dream last night, she says. I stare at her in the mirror and watch her glance up to meet my gaze. It was in my dream. I almost miss the turnoff. Goosebumps rise on the back of my neck and I clear my throat, trying to think of something to say. Something, anything that will reassure her. Come on. But nothing comes out. I'm not just a pathetic excuse for a sister. I'm a pathetic excuse for an adult. It was chasing me, Madison continues. I was in the forest, and it was chasing me. It was trying to get me. I shake my head and open my mouth, but as we turn toward the school... Something catches my eye. There's a giant crowd of kids on the front yard, and teachers are trying to usher the students inside. I can't make out what they're all looking at, but I find a parking space and spot Jasper in the growing circle. Before I can tell her to stay put, Madison opens the door and runs out to Jasper, leaving her lunchbox behind. I grab it and follow after her. I nearly double back in horror when I see what's causing so much commotion. A deer. A dead deer, splayed out in a pool of blood in the grass, torn asunder. From head to tail, its body is covered in massive gashes. They reveal the white gleam of bone, the fibrous webs of red muscles, the bloated organs that swelled through the slices. The deer's eyes are frozen in horror, and its tongue hangs out between its parted jaws. As the teachers come out and begin to cover the deer with a tarp, I grab Madison and Jasper and pull them away. Let's go, I say, leading them back to the car. The rest of the day is a blur. At some point, when my thoughts became too much, I take the kids to see a movie. Some 3D cartoon our cheap theater could only show in 2D. When the movie lets out, I'm thinking of seeing another one, but the sky is already starting to darken, and the last thing I want to do is be outside at night. 
I drive us home and bribe Jasper to go play with Madison while I face the computer alone. This time, I know what to look for, and the idea that I may actually find something scares me to death. I type in, Deer attacked in North Pine State Park, and good God do I hit the motherlode. Attacks on deer date back to when I was a kid, getting more and more frequent each year. Written off as mountain lions, coyotes, bobcats, sometimes even suspected to be the work of some sick teenagers. I click on an image, and my skin crawls. The deer's been shredded, just like the one at the school, blood speckling the ground and fat maggots clinging to its flesh. It's the same thing that got the deer we saw, isn't it? Shit! I turn around and see Jasper. Where's Maddie? I ask. Told her it was her toy's nap time and she fell asleep with him. He shrugs as he circles around the sofa. So you think the thing you saw in the park was the thing that killed the deer at school today? How do you know about that? I heard you talking about it with Mom early this morning. I asked Maddie just now, and she said you guys saw a monster, he says. She told you? I ask. His eyes widen. So it's true? I sigh and lean back on the sofa. Jasper sits down next to me and glances at the computer screen. I was thinking, he says, about all these deer coming down from the park. What if there was a reason for it? What if something was chasing them away? I think that would make a lot of sense, I mumble. Did Maddie tell you about the nightmare she had last night? He asks. With the whatever it was? Yeah, I sigh. Did she tell you it talked to her? I freeze. I glance at Jasper, my eyes wide. She said it told her she wasn't supposed to see it. That people aren't supposed to see it, Jasper says, his voice beginning to shake as he continues. I... I think that's why it was at the school... It knows she goes there. It was looking for her. There's a moment of silence between us, one that feels like a lifetime. I open my mouth to speak, and the power goes out. Jasper and I both scream. He clings to me and I stand, yanking up my laptop to use its light. Footsteps echo down the hall and I back up. I shine the light into the blinking, horrified face of Madison. Layla? Madison whispers. Before I can say anything, there's another sound. A shatter of glass and a crash from upstairs. Footsteps pattering against the floor. Run! I yell, pulling the car keys out of my pocket. Jasper and Madison take off for the door and I move behind them the light from my laptop illuminating our way. As I get closer to the door, I turn around to glance at the staircase. And I see it. 
A pair of bloodshot eyes glare down at me from the top of the banister. Its tree-branch-like limbs are growing, splintering apart into more fingers, the thick razor claws pushing out through the skin with sickening bursts of pus and blood as they align. The monster pulls its cracked lips back, exposing thousands of teeth. I'm frozen, stunned. I feel helpless. I feel like a child, like a deer. Layla, move! Madison screams from outside the house. I snap around and tear through the living room. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a flash of gray take off after me. I make it out the door and slam it shut behind me, only to watch five dozen razor-sharp nails penetrate the wooden surface, sending splinters flying. Horrible, haunting shrieks coming from behind the door, a strange mix between an animal's cry and a human scream. The car! I yell, turning around. Get to the car! Jasper opens the door, and both he and Madison jump into the front. I swing around and slide into the driver's seat, just as the front door splits into pieces in the frame. I back out of the driveway as fast as I can, but as I reverse, we see it coming galloping forward on its massive tree limbs, fingers surrounding it like tendrils. I press down on the gas as hard as I can, and for a moment, we leave it behind. And then there's a thud on the roof of the car. Dozens of sharp claws drill through the roof. Jasper and Madison are on the floor of the car, screaming. I close my eyes. And somewhere between the monster's howls and Jasper and Madison's panicked cries, time stands still. Somehow, when I open my eyes and glance down to look at my little brother and sister one last time, I notice Jasper's baseball bat tucked under the seat. Jasper! The bat! Jasper glances up, and without a moment of hesitation, he grabs the bat and swings it at a clawed finger with all his might. With a crack, the nail splits in half. The monster screams in anguish and retracts its blades. I hit the brakes. It flies off the top of the car and skids to a stop in the road in front of us, writhing in pain and fury. It looks over with its reddened eyes and unhinges its jaw at me, hissing in rage. I put my foot to the gas. I don't know if it tried getting out of the way or if it just sat there, but we all felt the crunch and heard it shriek as I drove over it. I glance back at it in my mirror, its limbs twisted, wriggling in the road, trilling its horrible cry. I hit reverse and drive over it again, and again, and again. I drive over it until it's nothing but a flat mass of red and gray mush. The police come early in the morning while Madison is sleeping, 
along with an animal control van. They scrape what's left of the monster off the road, but the beaten pulp of the corpse is hardly distinguishable. The policeman takes our statement and pictures of the door and the top of the car. After they leave, Jasper and I go back inside to the living room. Why didn't they look more surprised? Jasper asks from the sofa. We just told them we got attacked by a monster, and they acted so... so calm. It was a monster to us, I call from the door as I sweep up splinters of wood. To them? Well, it could just as easily be a diseased wolf or mountain lion. They'll probably come back for more questions when they analyze it in the lab, but that could take months. Jasper sighs in exasperation. I guess you won't even be here when they come back to ask us about it, huh? He says. I pause at the door. Oh, I don't know. I might be. I thought you were trying to find a job in the city, Jasper asks. Especially now. Wouldn't you want to leave sooner than ever? I sure as hell would. Don't swear, I say, snapping my fingers. And, I don't know, after what happened? Well, we beat it, didn't we? It came after us. It tried to kill us, and we destroyed it. And if we can do that, if I can do that, maybe I can handle living in this hick town a bit longer. Maybe I'm not so useless after all. I smile at Jasper, and as I do, Madison comes walking out of her room in her pajamas, rubbing her eyes. Hey, sleepyhead, I greet her. How you feeling? I made some scrambled eggs for breakfast and left them in the pan. There, I had another scary dream. The broom drops from my hand. Madison? I ask shakily. Without another word, she walks past me and out the mangled front door. Jasper and I exchange glances before we follow her out onto the road, where she stares down the street that curves up to the state park. It's then that I notice the steady vibrations coming from the ground. As our neighbors walk out into their driveways to discern the source of the noise, I see it turning down the street. Deer, dozens of them, ancient stags, young bucks, does and spotted fawns scampering behind their parents, their numbers enough to crowd the entire road. There must be hundreds of them. It's like every single deer in the forest is leaving, Jasper says in awe. They are, Madison answers. Jasper and I look down at her. It wasn't alone, she whispers. He wasn't the only one. And now the others are angry.